We're so glad you've joined us today for this teaching from City of Life Church. For information on City of Life and to find more teachings like this, visit us at www.col.tv. Now, let's join the service. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. I'm going to be reading verse 8 through 10 out of the message translation. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 through 10. It reads this. Endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. Don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lump on his head. Don't always be asking, where are the good old days? Wise folks don't ask questions like that. The title of this final Sunday sermon for 2018 is The Finish Line. The Finish Line. Let's pray. Father, we ask that today, as we get into your word, that you would speak to us, minister to our hearts and to our souls. Let us hear from you. And I pray, God, that you'd bring clarity and closure to those who need it most today. Encourage us, build us up, and posture us for an amazing new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the other night I was sitting around a table with some friends reflecting on 2018 and uh, way too late into the night. Sometimes I forget I'm not 20 anymore, but it was like three and we were just still talking and I was like tired for three days after that. But (laughs) we were talking about uh, like something we want to take with us out of 2018, something we want to leave forever in 2018. Anyone have something you want to leave forever in 2018? So yeah, we were talking about that. We were talking about highlights and low lights, which is something I always do with, with friends, just like let's think about a high a moment that we want to remember and a low point that stands out. And one of my highlights was a trip that we took. We went to Barcelona, myself, my wife, and then our good friends Gio and Melissa. They're the performing arts directors of Blink Christian, Blink Christian Performing Arts Center. Every awesome thing you've seen on the stage has their fingerprints all over it. And so we were in Barcelona together on vacation, and it was a lot of fun. And when I'm on vacation, I'm a little weird. I, like, I love to work out, and not because I'm like a fanatic like that. It's just because I realize how much I'm eating, and so I have to at least balance it out a little bit. So I was eating extreme amounts, and I have this thing where anytime I visit a new city, I have to set like a new personal record for distance uh, for running. So that was so much fun when my personal record was like half a mile. It was really great. <clears throat> But at this point, by the time we were in Barcelona, it was half marathon, and which is so far. Guys, it's so far. 13.2 miles into all the half marathon and marathon runners. God bless you. I'm just a poser. I'm not actually one of you. I just pretend to be one of you. So in Barcelona, I am like, okay, babe, I'm going to run a half marathon. And I'm looking at where I can run, and I realize that the 1992 Olympic Village is in Barcelona. It's like the perfect setting. I get to run where the Olympians ran, okay? Like I get to run in the Olympic Stadium, I get to run around Olympic Village, and my finish line is gonna be the Olympic torch. Guys, I mean, I I was inspired to run. So I have Google Earth and I'm like plotting out where I'm gonna go and how I'm gonna hit my mileage and which way I'm gonna take so I can end in the Olympic Stadium with the torch, it's gonna be perfect. And the whole week had been kind of rainy and that day was beautiful. I, I packed my shoes, I packed my clothes. I was so prepared in my head for this race. And so I, we go to the top of this mountain. Uh, there's a museum up there that they are all gonna go to while I'm running like a madman. And so I'm like, bye guys, love you. And I start my stride is great. Form is great. I got my playlist. I'm living for this moment. So I'm coming, running down, running, and I come to a staircase. Okay, wasn't picturing stairs, but it's all right. So I kind of like 
hop down the stairs really fast. That's all right. Now we're back, back on pace, running, hitting my stride. I come around a corner, and I don't even know how this is possible because I'm going down the mountain. But I come around a corner, and there's a staircase up because the path goes up before it goes down again. Okay, not totally picturing doing stairs uh, during this, but it's fine, it's fine. So I try to keep my pace, so I'm like two steps at a time, three steps at a time, trying to just open my stride as much as possible and take these stairs and just keep going. So I run, and then there's another staircase up. Okay, I don't know where I'm going right now because on Google Earth I didn't see stairs, I just saw a path, but it's fine. So I'm running up, and then I come and there's a staircase down, and it's an escalator, so I'm very excited, but it's broken. So I have to just, you know, like hop down these oversized stairs. So I'm running, and then I come around another corner. I have a picture, but I'm not sure if you can see, but I had to take, okay, this picture right here, it's a little too dark, but this staircase was in front of me. See that little dot in the center top? That's a person, just for perspective. That's a person. Those trees, th those, th those are giant trees and the stairs are as big as them. I think it was like 300 steps that on the, on the Google map, it was like, it only looked like this. It looked like, it, I, I mean, th there was nothing there. And yet in reality, I come around this corner and that behemoth is in front of me and I have to run up those steps. And I tried to keep my pace and at the end I was just like, <laughs> Just like, just walking up them. Children were passing me. The elderly were walking around me like, what's wrong with him? Okay. And so at this point, I've given up all hopes of having a good time. It's just like, I'm just going to finish. I'm just going to finish. That's my goal today. Because if you would have stretched out all the stairs that I took, I think I ran two marathons. So I'm proud of myself. But I ran all these stairs. And so finally, I'm coming around into the Olympic Village. Are we good? So I come into the Olympic Village. And uh, it's a door. You only just close it lightly. So I come into the Olympic Village. And... I picture like my wife there, she's going to be crying and laughing and screaming for me and my friends and somehow a crowd has, has shown up and somehow they have my name on signs and somehow the Olympic torch lights as I pass it. Like this is the scenario I have in my head. But by the time I get into the stadium, I'm so tired and so mad. Like I'm just frustrated at everyone and everything that my, my, my friends are taking pictures of each other. Everyone's taking pictures of each other for Instagram because they've been waiting for two hours. So I'm looking at them. They're not looking at me. I'm like waiting to get to the, the, the Olympic torch. And it says I'm not done yet. My phone is tracking and I'm not done yet. So I just have to run in circles. I, my finish is at some like strange, meaningless spot. It just says completed. And I just put my hands up and I was mad. And my wife's like, oh, you did so good. Let me take a picture. And I was like, I don't want to take no dang pictures right now. I want bread. That's literally what I said. I want bread. And my friend was like, Gio was like, bro, how do you feel? And I said, I will never do this again. <laughs> and I pictured how this race would go. I pictured what I'd be like at the finish line. And when I actually got there, it was very different than I imagined. That's a lot how my 2018 was. And perhaps it was the case for you. You started with a plan. You started with all the motivation in the world. And you started running in style with great form. But then you turned a corner and saw an obstacle that you weren't prepared for. But... We know things happen, so let me take that obstacle. And then you turn another corner. Oh, wow, there's more stairs. Oh, wow, there's more. And eventually, obstacle after obstacle affects our perspective about the race. And by the time you reach the finish line, you're, it, it's possible that today you're feeling exhausted, spent, and maybe a little angry, and you just want bread. Like, maybe that's where you find yourself today. I don't want pictures. I don't want to celebrate. I don't want to talk to anyone. Maybe you got to these holidays, and you were like, forget it. I don't care what anyone wants to do. Forget the family. I'm tired. I'm done. This year was too hard. I know a lot of people have been through some great difficulty this year. And so 
I, I know that I've spoken to many people and I have an interesting perspective because I get to speak to so many people. I get to hear so many stories and I get to see kind of the thread that runs through all of us. I've heard a lot of people say the same things. And that's beautiful to me that we all go through things kind of at the same time, similar to one another, together. To be encouraged that you're not the only one facing whatever you're facing. You know, like there are other people who are facing similar challenges. Maybe not exactly the same, but I do feel like this year I heard a lot of what I'm about to say. I feel like a lot of people through some turn of events had their life laid bare. Like they had to look into the face of who they were as a person and decide some things about themselves and realize parts of their personality and weaknesses that they did not like, but they had to look at them. I know that some relationships were really tried this year and that some people were exposed for who they really were. Some people had a lot of had people leave their lives, unfortunately. I know that people faced some awful news this year that made them kind of have to go to the core of who they were. I heard that over and over, and I feel like 2018 was a year that exposed reality for a lot of people. You had to see things for what they really were, and that can be exhausting. It can be difficult. It can be, it can be tiring. There was a lot of shaking, but there was also a lot of good. You probably started the year with a lot of motivation and inspiration. It probably, you probably felt better in January than you do in December. You probably looked better in January than you do in December. But then we come back to this verse, Ecclesiastes 7, 8, written by the wisest man in the world. And this is what he says, endings are better than beginnings. Solomon is saying the end is better than the beginning. That makes no sense, Solomon, because at the end, I'm the most tired. I'm the most drained. I'm the most spent. I'm the most frustrated. I'm the most hurt. I'm the most scarred. I'm the most bruised. And yet Solomon says the end is better than the beginning. His point is that it doesn't matter what you came through. The end is better because you're still here after you went through all of it. I love that clap. That's the kind of clap I was hoping for because it's like, because <laughs> that's not like a perky clap. You guys just clap the way I feel right now, which is like, yeah, we made it. All right. Like that, that's the point. It's not always glamorous. It's not always flashing lights. You don't always run into the stadium and everyone's chanting your name with signs and the torch lights itself. That's not how life always works. Sometimes when you get to the finish line, the only saving grace that you have is I made it. <laughs> That's all that I've got to say is that I made it and I'm here. And if you're in the room today, be encouraged that this might have been the most difficult year you went through, but the end is better than the beginning because you made it through. At the beginning, you had no idea the staircase you'd have to climb. And now at the end, you know what you went through, but you're still here. You're in the house of God today and you might be tired. You might be exhausted. You might be a little upset, but you're here and the end is better than the beginning. Your form might have been great at the beginning. I remember when I started my race, you know, as a runner or a fake runner like me, you know what you're supposed to do. Like wide strides, head up, arms moving. By the end, it's, it's not even fair to call what I was doing running. Like it was just falling with my feet catching me. Like that, it was just like this, like when I finished. And t today, your form at the end of this year might not be exactly what you intended it to be. It doesn't always like come together perfectly, but you're here. If you have to crawl across the finish line, if you have to throw yourself across the finish line, finishing is better than beginning. You're here today. The end of this year is better than the beginning. Here's the main idea of this message today. The finish line is better than the starting, the starting line. The finish line is better than the starting line. And I want to stop for a second because I realize 
the gravity of what I'm saying. I'm not saying this to tie a bow on this year. I'm not saying to sugarcoat it. I'm not even trying to make you feel like this is a, uh, you know, some happy conclusion to the year. Some people lost a loved one this year and are grieving right now in, in some of the darkest nights. Some people went through divorce this year and families are broken and they're trying to pick up pieces. Some people got a horrible diagnosis this year. Some people went through financial challenge. This was probably the most challenging year of my life, personally. I've had to face challenges that I never even pictured myself facing, fighting battles that I thought I would be invincible toward. And I, I found myself broken in ways that I, I didn't even see coming. And today, I, I say all that because I want you to understand when I say the end is better than the beginning, it's not optimism, it's not trying to paint a pretty picture. It's a conviction based on what I see in scripture, that the end is better than the beginning. It doesn't say it feels better. <laughs> the beginning always feels better than the end, but the end is better than the beginning because you have made it through. I have made it through. Your family has made it. You're here today. And it doesn't mean everything felt good, but it means that you are better today because you've come through what God brought you through. And so as we look back at our life, we have to consider our attitude. Solomon says, anger boomerangs. You can tell a fool by the lumps on his head. I love how visual that is. The minute you throw anger out, yeah, take that 2018. It hits you right back in that. That was, I crushed that. That was good. I didn't do that in the other services. I'm proud. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> I've never actually thrown a boomerang. So if you're an Australian, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a really layered joke. You'll get it later. But if you throw anger out, it doesn't matter how angry you are, how much you want to hurt others, it will only always come back and boomerang and hit you square in the forehead. So as you look back at 2018, be careful not to throw your anger at it because guess what? January 1st, 2019, that anger is going to come back and hit you square in the forehead and you're going to start your new year with a black eye from last year. You have to make a decision not to step into anger as you look at what you've come through. We can't be angry you have the potential at the finish line to be angry. I know I was in Barcelona. I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I was so upset. Angry about the challenges that you had to face. Angry about the drain that you had to go through. Angry about who left you and who hurt you. Angry about what it cost you. Angry about the time you wasted. Angry about the tears you wasted. Angry about the lies that you believed and the promises broken. Angry about all these different things. If you can identify with what I'm talking, because talking about it makes me angry. It's easy to, to look at difficulty and be angry about it, but Solomon says, do not throw out anger because anger will only boomerang and come back. And it's foolish to be angry about the life that God has brought you from. Instead of anger, take stock of what you just came through and be grateful. Be grateful. Notice I did not say be grateful for it because some people in the room have gone through things that you could never say, thank you for this tragedy. Like, I'm so, I'm so grateful this horrible thing happened. I'm not saying be, I'm grateful for what happened. I'm saying be grateful God brought you through it because it could have broke you, it could have ended you, that could have been it, but the story isn't over. And even though you're bruised and limping and hardly here, you're still here. And the end of a thing is better than the beginning. God didn't let it end there. He's bringing you through it. 
And that's why you can be great, grateful. In Barcelona, I wasn't happy at my finish line, but as I thought about what I'd completed, I was better for it. And happy is not the most important thing we can be. It's a tough word. Happy isn't the most important thing you can be. We strive for happiness so much. I want my Instagrams to look happy. I want my family to look happy. I want my friends to look happy. I want everything I do to look happy. I want my life to look good. I want everything I'm at to look happy. Everything has to look happy. We feel that pressure all the time. You know, every fairy tale is happily ever after. Like, if I'm not happy, something must be broken. If I'm not happy, something's not right. How come everyone else is happy and I'm not happy? Let me at least pretend I'm happy so everyone thinks I'm happy because happy is what matters. Look, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. It's the culture we live in. That happiness becomes the idol of our life. But happy is not the most important thing you can be. What about holy? What about holy? You might not be happy at the end of this year, but what about being better than you started? You might not be happy, but what if you're stronger? You might not be happy, but what if you're wiser? Instead of trying to be happy, what if we try to be holy? But ask any person who has holiness in their life and they'll tell you, the only way you get holy is going through fire, going through breaking, going through shaking. And if, what, if, what if at the end of this year you're not happy but you are more reliant on God than you've ever been because what you went through made you have to turn to Jesus in a way that you've never had to. But if 2018 was the worst year of your life and it made you have to rely on God like never before, then friend, this year gave you the best gift you could ever have because relying on Jesus will posture you for the fullness of his promises. If this year broke you down to your core, well, thank God because at your core, there is a firm foundation in Jesus and your life is upheld by him. If everyone else walked out on you and you find yourself saying, all I have is Jesus, congrats because that revelation is the revelation that will change your life. All you've ever had was Jesus. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the rock that is higher than you. He is your source of life. And if this year has made you realize that he's all I've got, then your eyes are fully open now. What a posture to be in. But as you look back, take stock at what he's brought you through and be grateful for it. I want to take a second. This is kind of a love letter to our, our dream team, our volunteers. Let's give it up for all of our volunteers. We love each and every one of you. But I know that our team members, much like me, can reach the end of this year with this kind of emotion. There's another service. <laughs> Dream team members know what I'm talking about. Like, two on Christmas Eve? Two? Okay. <laughs> because this year has been long. We've done a lot. And it's easy as a volunteer giving and serving in ministry to feel tired at this time of year, to feel spent, to feel like, wow, there's more to give. I get it. But let's take stock at what God has done in our church this year. Let's look back and contemplate what's happened. First, we launched Icon Youth this year, a new student ministry reaching middle and high school students, which required so much energy. We've launched that. And then we had our biggest Easter that we've ever had, reaching thousands and thousands and thousands of people, including a special needs egg hunt for children who have special needs and their families to have a place to go on Easter and celebrate the hope of Jesus. That was something we'd never done before, and we stepped out in that direction. Our church helped uh, host Love Strong Nights. We saw marriages and relationships transformed. We had uh, the launch of Jesus First, Jesus Always, number one best-selling on Amazon, this book that has reached the nations. It's in jails. It's in homes. 
homes. It's in lives. We had our biggest small group semester, people all over Orange and Osceola County connecting with one another over this content. We had revival nights, which were our most packed out Wednesday services of the year. We had our biggest numbers in city kids that we've ever had. I don't know if you guys are aware, we have a mega church of kids here at City of Life. On Easter weekend, we served over a thousand kids. Picture your kid times a thousand. And then go thank the City Kids team. Go hug them. Give them a gift card to the Olive Garden. Like whatever God puts on your, a thousand of your kid, okay? Just a little commercial for City Kids. I love what's happening in our City Kids ministry, man. It's, we believe here at City of Life that our kids ministry is not babysitting, it's leadership development. We're raising up an army of believers. Malachi's three years old now, and today when he walked uh, through the room, I said, Malachi, it's Sunday, we're going to church. And he was like, again? <laughs> I said, same, buddy. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, we're going again, because our family, we go to church. We've made a decision as a family. When we want to go, we go. When we don't want to go, we go. We've made that decision. And as you and your family are contemplating 2019, can I please speak to my fellow parents of young kids? Do not let your child's feelings dictate your conviction as a family. Because if their feelings dictate it, it also means your feelings dictate it. We don't live by feeling. We live by conviction. We don't want to go. It doesn't matter. We're still going. Sweetheart, I know you don't want to go, but you're going and you're going to love it. Malachi said one day, he said, why are we going to church? And I said, because you want to. He said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. You might not feel it now, but you want to go there because there is where you're going to find joy and hope and strength. You want to be there. Make a decision for you and your family to plant your child here. And I know, I've been there, that it's like sometimes you just find yourself like trying to get through the hour and 15 minutes like, okay, sh shut up, shut up, shut up. Like just try to get your kid through the moment. Here, here's the iPad, here's the phone. Shh, the usher's coming. Get down, get down, get down. Like I've been there. I know how it goes, but this is not just something to get your child through. It's a place to plant them. So make a decision for 2019 that you and your family, your children are going to go to City Kids. They're not just going to tag along to church with you. They're going to plant in church because the Bible says those who are planted in the house of God will flourish, and I believe that for your kids. My kid is in class right now, and he's flourishing as a result. So make a decision on how you're going to posture yourself. Commercial over. So... We had huge city kids, and then here in the holidays, we had our biggest Christmas concert ever in two locations, and we reached more single moms than we've ever reached, 383 kids with Christmas toys, Thanksgiving baskets that are just absolutely insane all over everywhere. God did some great stuff. So dream team member, if you're tired, I'm not sorry that you're tired. If you feel like you gave it all, good. That's the point. Because who would we be if we crossed the finish line and said, I could have given a little more. I'm all right. No, that's not how you run a race. We should give everything we have. And so if you feel like you're spent, good job, because you should be. That's the point. We're not here to be comfortable. We're here to be useful in the kingdom of God. And that's the point. The finish line is better than the starting line. And then Solomon finishes by saying, don't always be asking, where are the good old days? Wise folks don't ask those questions. If we're not careful, we will allow our nostalgia, our, our backward glances, to become foolishness. Looking too fondly on the good old days is going to make you miss the power of the moment that you are in right now. You're like, man, when I was single, it was so much better. My money, wow, that was a lot of laughs there, friends. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it got real in church. <laughs> Someone said, amen! <laughs> better when I was single. <laughs> 
You think, my money was my money back then. My time was my time. But if you're not careful, you're going to keep looking back at how things were easier back then and miss the power of the fact that you made a vow before God to love and cherish this person as unto him. And that in this spouse, the spouse that annoys you, the spouse that frustrates you, the spouse that never shuts the door, the spouse that always leaves the shoes on the ground, in this spouse, you have an opportunity to honor God more than you have ever had. You have a chance to be selfless and sacrificial and loving. So yeah, you might have had more money back then, but today you have a chance to shake heaven by loving someone that you vowed to love. You and, you and your spouse are like, oh, it's so much better when we did not have these kids. <laughs> Another loud laugh. <laughs> this is my season right now. It's like, oh, babe, remember how our house was clean? Oh, someone feels me. Someone, Babe, remember when we could see a movie past 5 p.m.? Remember it, Lord. But if we keep looking back at how easy it was back then, we're going to miss the chance that we have been entrusted with a seed that can grow into a person to change the world. I've been given a red-headed, blue-eyed possibility. And in Malachi, I'm going to raise a world changer. And yes, my house is messy. Yes, I'm tired all the time. But I have a privilege in this. And if you keep looking back at easier times, you're going to miss what you have right now. Maybe you're a CEO and you miss the days where you didn't have to be responsible for everyone. Yeah, but you also have an opportunity today to not just write people's checks, but to speak life into them. And to not only resource their pockets, but to resource their souls. To be a manager who leads like Jesus leads. To bring hope into the workplace. Yes, it's hard, but it's good. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. So let's stop looking back there and start looking at today. Because let's be real, you cried back there too. You said, oh God, get me out. Oh God, get me out. And he answered your prayer and got you here. And now you're praying to go back there. Stop worrying about that because back there, you had the grace and favor and mercy of God. And guess what? Today, you have the same grace and favor and mercy right here with you in this moment. You have Jesus and that's all you need. You don't need yesterday, you don't need today, you don't need tomorrow, you need Jesus. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have what you need. You have what you need. The finish line, the finish line is better than the starting line. Sit down, sit down, sit down, I have one more thing. Y'all are gonna make me go for it and I I need to at least get this thought out and then we'll go for it, okay? Save that, bottle it put it up, we'll open it in a second. When I go like this, we'll open it, we'll go crazy, okay? But I have to say this, I have to. This is the year of foundations. And I know in January, I had no idea what that was. Like, amen, foundations. We don't lose weight. Like, that's all I knew, like, at the beginning. But now in December, I can tell you for sure what it meant for my life. You probably can for years. But this was the year of shaking. This was the year of testing. Makes me think of the story where Jesus told of a a foolish builder who built his house on sand and a wise builder who built his house on rock. And then a storm pummeled both houses, wind and waves and water. And the man who built his house on sand, his house was washed away. And the man who built his house on rock, his house stood firm. And to me, it speaks to the fact that a foundation is always tested by storm. And so to have a year of foundation, you're going to have a year of storm because you're going to have to see what your life is really built on. And your foundation determines your longevity. Your foundation, what you are standing on, will determine how you make it through the storm. 
If you're built on something that can't hold you, you're gonna fall apart. But when you're built on Jesus, that storm will come and it will blow and it will crash, but you will stand firm. But sometimes I think we over glamorize this story. We think, oh man, the poor guy with his house on sand, his house is destroyed, but the guy on the rock, he's chilling. I don't think he was chilling. I think his trees were probably blown over, his screen room blew away, some of his windows are probably broken, his car is messed up, but his house is still there. When you go through a storm, you don't come through it perfectly. The goal is not to look good. The goal is to stand firm no matter how hard the storm blew. And at the end of 2018, you might look a little messed up. Some things probably blew over in your life. Some people probably blew away, but you are still here because your life is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Anything other than Jesus is like sand, but he is the rock that we can stand upon. Proverbs 10:25 says this, when the storm is over, I'm gonna read out of the Justin translation, when 2018 is over, there's nothing left of the wicked, but good people firm on their rock foundation aren't even faced. Stand firm on Jesus stand firm on that foundation and don't let what you've been through phase you you have Jesus nothing and no one can take him away from you you have what you need so the other day I was cleaning my son's room and after this I'll be done you'll know but I was cleaning my son's room like I always do because that's my entire life right now is just cleaning his room and I picked up this toy that he's had uh, since he was like born. I think Pastor Janice bought it for him when he was a little baby. It's this little dog and you press it and it sings and it dances and it moves its paws and its head and it lights up and it sings super loud and it's colorful. It's just like this bundle of joy, right? And you just barely even touch it and it just explodes with joy. But it's been three years now of belonging to a boy. And so this dog has been dropped more times than I can count. It's been left outside one night. It's been rained upon. It's been spilled on it. I think it went in the toilet. I'm not sure. Like that dog has been through it. And now when you press the button, like it's just kind of staticky. It's like, like the head doesn't really move much. It doesn't light up. Like it's just barely doing its thing. And I was like, the other day I picked it up. I was like, this is a sad thing right here. This is a sad toy. And then God said, Justin, look at yourself. And I said, don't you get serious on me, God. I'm just holding a toy right now. He said, Justin, look at yourself. And I'm looking at this toy. And maybe you, like me, feel like this year just kind of did a number on you. You were dropped a couple times, left outside one night, spilled upon, spat upon, rain upon. And you look at who you used to be. And it was so easy to sing and laugh and light up and dance. But now it's like just static just dull lights and nothing seems to feel the way it used to and I'm looking at this toy and I'm like why am I crying in my son's room right now and I look at this toy and I realize like man I'm having to like put one foot in front of the other every day like I'm having to tell myself Justin lift your hands Justin sing Justin smile for the love of God smile Justin like have fun and say you love people like do all these things that used to come so naturally to me but I've been through some things this year that have made it not so natural. But God asked me this question. He said, Justin, did you used to sing because life was good? Or did you sing because I am good? And I think today, it's a really dangerous position to follow God when life is good because we confuse our good and our God. 
and we say thank you God when we're actually just saying thank you good thank you job that I love thank you friends that I love thank you family that I love and our good becomes our God but for people who have been through fire for people who have been through flood for people who have been through a difficult year where it seems like there's no good anywhere it's easy to realize all I have is God and I'm not singing because life is good I'm singing because God is good and it might not come naturally to me anymore but it's gonna come supernaturally to me I will light up again not cuz life is good cuz God is good I will sing again not cuz life is good cuz God is good it'll be brighter it'll be better not cuz of my circumstance because of my Savior the starting line looks good but the finish line is good church at the end of this year if you went through the hardest year of your life you should give the hardest praise of your life someone give God some praise come on don't stop I believe there's breakthrough today thank him thank him for what he's done thank him for how he kept you than the beginning. You've made it because of God. Everything else might have fallen away, but Jesus is with you. And your static, he prays, your dim lights are gonna grow again. Your voice is coming back. Your praise is coming back. Your smile is coming back. Your hope is coming back. And it's coming back completely founded on Jesus. Your happiness and your joy and your strength are no longer gonna be leaning on imperfect people or uncertain situations. It's time to build that life only on Jesus. And if we leave the year of foundations with a life that is built only on Jesus, that's a life well worth it today. That's a life well worth it. You're postured for the fullness of heaven when you build your life on Jesus. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.